Welcome to BR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR and Education. In today's episode, we want to focus more on the whole learning package. There's a growing number of single-use VR applications being developed out there, and this is great immersive content. But the problem is that these applications need a better home. Currently, there are a small number of dedicated platforms where educators can allow their learners to sign in, access a number of engaging VR applications. So we want to talk more about that today, and we're fortunate to have Kristen Tam, who's CEO of Futu Class, and Mart Loom, head of product for Futu Class. And they're here to give us a little bit more perspective on their exciting VR Learning Hub. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. You know, I always like to start with an origin story question. So what got you to in, interested in VR in the first place? So I'll start. Uh, my interest started early on uh, during the uh, Oculus development kit times, uh, where we just ordered the kit and like play around and see what the virtual reality what the actual thing is. And pretty soon after that, we, uh, in 2017, we started a, a VR arcade business and opened up uh, multiple locations where we had booths equipped with VR devices. And uh, after running the arcades for a year or so, uh, we started uh, developing some short uh, VR experiences for our own uh, arcade use. And from, uh, from what we knew from our arcade running experiences was that uh, uh, Job Simulator was a top hit. And so we started thinking that uh, what if uh, children could do something useful in VR instead of uh, pouring coffee in the printer and uh, throwing tomatoes around, and, uh, which is one, uh, fun, I have to say. Uh, but this was the moment uh, where the first Photoclass prototype was born, uh, and we started doing some hands-on science experiments in VR. How about you, Mart? Oh, happy, happy to tell it, tell the story. So I have a game design background. I spent a good ten years of my life in Vancouver, actually. I also work in different companies, and I've noticed being a gamer since I was little um, that uh, in all the good games you keep learning, and you, and the game is basically fun until you keep learning. So. Uh, it seemed to me for a long time that games are a very underutilized media for teaching. And, uh, and yes, uh, combining this interactivity and the students being able to move at their own pace and learning by exploring with VR seemed to be the perfect storm for me. So when I was looking at 2017, uh, what to kind of did dedicate my life to in the next phase, uh, I was uh, looking at the VR in education. And then I basically met Kristen and uh, we kind of teamed up what an awesome story. I, I myself have been a big gamer my whole life. And so we'll get into this and unpack this a little bit more on the show. But I totally am with you on the undervalue right now of gaming 
for learning. And so, like I said, we'll unpack that a little bit more later. Kristen, you have one of the dubious distinctions of being on the show more than once. So almost a year ago, I think it was episode 28, you were on the show and we talked about your company and uh, some of the chemistry applications that you were developing for VR. And at that point, some of your vision was what we would call beta or maybe alpha mode. Update us what's changed. We're almost a year now since then. What's changed for uh, Futu class? Yeah, I think it was even more than a year ago and a lot has uh, happened. We've developed a library of highly engaging VR lessons that are now used in schools, 13 of them, and they come with lesson plans, tests, and best practices guides. And uh, Photoclass is available for standalone and tethered uh, headsets on uh, three platforms now, uh, Oculus, Pico, and Steam. And for license management and teachers' tools, we'll develop Photoclass teacher portal. Uh, where the main functionality is to is for the teacher to enable uh, uh, them to see uh, students' VR uh, lessons uh, results from their computer. So a lot has happened for class. That's amazing. And have you mostly broke into the European market or are you seeing a lot of signs of also being successful in the North American market right now? It's mainly Estonia uh, right mm-hmm. uh, right now, and we're entering UK and uh, uh, US, so English-speaking countries uh, uh, this year. But most of the schools who are uh, using Photoclass and who have been using Photoclass for the past year are Estonian schools. Mm. Being an instructional designer myself, I'm really curious, and this might be a good question for Mart, about your learning experiences. You mentioned you have somewhere around 13 and I've tried some of these and I've noticed you've relied heavily on the gamification genre. What made you decide that this was the best sort of instructional design or learning experience method to teach chemistry? And then I think you have other ones like physics uh, on the go too. Uh, Yes. So we have... um First of all, our age group, our target age group is around 8th, ninth grade. So this kind of uh, a bit l- more lighter, uh, fun-based approach uh, is, we think, best. Uh, and this engagement is really, it's a huge, uh, it's very huge for kids because they, it makes them curious about the subject. It makes them uh, kind of get into it and want to know more about it. Uh, and also... Um, I mean, if you compare it to the more serious labs uh, simulations, and yet we believe in focusing on the subjects that are uh, harder to teach in general. We actually ran a survey with uh, all the teachers in Estonia, basically, and they uh, um, listed like the most uh, difficult things in the curriculum to get across. And uh, most of them are actually very fit for being taught in VR. And then gamification, it it kind of combines... uh, Basically, for me, gamification is is about uh, interactivity and about letting a student make mistakes and uh, kind of progress at their own pace. So it's really engaging because they are driving the experience and they they come away with pretty much the outcome we want uh, that we have set out in the learning goals. Um, So, yeah, we just think it's uh, kind of the best approach to get the most important topics across 
And you jump between, so you have, I've tried the three demo ones, which were about atoms. The other one was about balancing kind of chemical uh, equations, if you will. And then the third one was looking at uh, nomenclature and being able to build, you know, salt particles through uh, cations and anions. Then you also which I remember when I talked to Kirsten in the past, also have some really neat escape room type ones as well. Do you have a favorite in the mix of some of the ones that I mentioned? Is there like, sorry, if you said, you know, top one or top two, as far as what the kids have been saying to you, or even what you as a game designer have sort of experienced, do you have a favorite? Uh, there's a few different ways to look at it. Uh, reaction balancing is the one we've worked the, uh, the most uh, on because we started with it. Uh, it's a favorite in a sense that uh, you learn the principles of reaction balancing and then it's basically uh, balancing reactions in increasingly difficult uh, levels. And, uh, and this always changes. So you kind of learn the principles, but what you actually do in each game uh, varies. And that is kind of a endearing quality to me because I know that it, it's kind of infinitely replayable. And even us as, as game developers, we, we now have eight levels there, but we could as easily make it, you know, 20 and, and kind of keep it interesting throughout. Uh, but I do want to say that uh, there are levels or, or VR lessons where you more like uh, learn. And then we have other types, which are the escape room types that you mentioned, uh, where you basically, where your knowledge is tested. Uh, so I think we we have this kind of uh, uh, two types of uh, of VR lessons, if you will, and they both are uh, have their own uh, kind of advantages. I would say that you want to get people want to get people want to types where they learn, but then uh, it's really exciting and and feels like you have a big payoff when you crack a puzzle that is based on this learning. Yeah, I mean, you poignantly said curiosity, and I agree with you. The curiosity level. Uh, kids these days, we call them digital natives. They grow up with, you know, computers and games on their phone. And so this is their kid culture. And so again, I applaud you guys for using this type of learning experience to try and get across information. But playing devil's advocate, some criticism we see around uh, gamification in education is that Teachers and then maybe even parents say, well, doesn't cover very much content. What would you say to that criticism? Yeah, that's that's the harsh truth. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, what's uh, what's use of uh, learning when nothing sticks? So uh, covering uh, more content in less time uh, might not be the... Uh, ideal uh, way also but looking at it from Futuclash shoes uh, i can say that um, and the fact that you mentioned is the reason uh, why we chose to focus on natural sciences at first and chemistry and physics are are the same everywhere in the world and uh, we will get the like scalability effect uh, with well-designed and gamified learning experiences uh, with just localizing uh, what we have yeah, and I'd also like to add that, uh, like, we do pick the topics that are most difficult to teach, uh, or at least we try to, and focus on getting them across well so they are really remembered because the student was, you know, there doing the thing. 
And, uh, and we also think that teachers are not going anywhere, like other media to teach through is not going anywhere, other methods. So uh, I think you're getting the stuff that is good to teach using VR uh, made uh, and then having it be like complementary to other ways of teaching, I think ends up in the best uh, uh, place for the students as well. You know, we all know that there are huge benefits in education benefits to, to allowing students allow to work as a team. How hard is it to make these experiences, which I believe right now are just individual, into co-op or multiplayer engagements? Is that a big step from the back end for coding and so on? Uh, that's actually really uh, it's an interesting angle that we also think about a lot. Uh, so, uh, so we have group lesson plans currently, which uh, actually lets students share a headset because it's pretty rare that a, you, know, you would have 25 headsets for a 25-person class. Um, so, we, so one thing, uh, one thing is that it's really important for students to have a shared goal, so they work together on this. And uh, it almost like everybody doesn't need to really have a headset to kind of contribute and to learn. And it also trains other skills like communication and teamwork and so on. Um, and then we have uh, a teaching portal was also mentioned before. Uh, but yeah, if we're talking about metaverse, then. Uh, it's kind of known as the M word because it has a lot of meanings, but basically as a, as a social uh, space where you can uh, interact and, and also use it for education, then uh, we do think that uh, hopping uh, in between apps together as a group in and out uh, at Futuclass is can be easily made to support uh, that. Um, but there is really big like uh, value in actually students uh, being also in isolation and, and learning uh, solo. So maybe Kristen wants to elaborate on that. Yeah, at first when we started with uh, uh, developing Futuclass VR lessons, we were kind of afraid of uh, of the like uh, isolation thing or, or a bit trying to not say it out loud that much that uh, the student is there alone uh, doing the, uh, the VR lesson. But uh, uh, being in uh, uh, 15 schools or so uh, for the past year, uh, we can confidently say that um, the isolation is uh, is a big plus and uh, it really contributes to the uh, success of achieving the um, lesson goals, learning goals. And uh, that are the words from teachers who actually use VR uh, in chemistry and physics classes. And they say that uh, leaving the uh, distraction uh, and uh, all the um, classmates and phones and uh, whatever can distract you away from uh, the actual uh, learning uh, environment that is designed for that uh, is, is very effective. Yeah, it's actually a key strength of, of VR, in my opinion, as well. And uh, I don't know, maybe as a professional educator as well, uh, uh, Greg, I guess you can uh, distinguish between the... Uh, and I'm, I'm not actually one, so maybe I'm a bit talking out of my area here, but it seems like the moment where the student focuses, puts their head down and really tries to work through something is, is kind of more equivalent to what happens in VR. And these learning moments happen when they, you know, kind of get stuck, think a bit harder than proceed. And then this interaction with the teacher is something you want to kind of layer on top of that. So teacher can come and help whenever there is an issue. So yeah, 
we we love group work, but also we think isolation and learning uh, alone in a dedicated environment has, has a lot of value. Yeah, I would concur. So, uh, you know, if we look at research and then even uh, books written about the efficacy of VR, the the tendency to block out everything else around them is is a benefit. I mean, there's all sorts of different learning styles, but also learning disabilities out there. And one growing one that we see a lot in the classrooms is kids with ADHD and their inability to focus. So VR can mitigate that. So I agree. You talked about this before. Another thing that poor classroom teachers who are so busy have to worry about is the technology itself. And I've noticed that you guys have helped lower the barrier for that by having a really easy way to launch as well as put apps onto headsets. Can you tell us a bit more about that system, that onboarding system that you've sort of made it easy for teachers when they get their headsets, how to get their applications on and how to sort of monitor what's going on within the headset? Yeah, so first of all, uh, we have a teacher portal, which has a section called Resource Center, where we basically put all the best practices docs. So this helps uh, teachers see what to do before the lesson. Also, the technologists that kind of handle the fleet of the devices uh, during and after the lesson. And these are not made up by us. These are actually from real teachers who have been giving VR lessons for several years. And then we have, uh, yeah, then we have uh, uh, the section where you can basically create the classes or, or lessons and then you can see what the, uh, every student in each headset uh, basically their progress and how they're doing and and what questions they answer to uh, and of course you have lesson plans and group lesson plans as well to prepare for each lesson so that's like kind of the uh, the materials and the the kind of know-how that we transfer we also organize webinars every now and then and uh, so there you can ask live questions and uh, and not even speaking about social media and so on but overall, we are uh, we're offering the schools uh, a turnkey solution, which I know Kristen wants to talk about. Yeah, uh, so it's it's uh, something that we started uh, offering uh, out of uh, need. Uh, schools asked us uh, if we could uh, sell them uh, the headsets as well, and so we uh, developed uh, we we call them photo class school cases that have. Uh, uh, six headsets, uh, six uh, Pico Neo uh, three headsets uh, at the moment, and uh, they come with with the with the Photoclass uh, content and the Photoclass uh, license for eighteen months. So the har- hardware and software uh, is sold as a turnkey solution to schools to bring down the barrier and make it easier for schools to adapt uh, using VR. So schools who are interested in uh, in uh, putting in uh, uh, not too much effort uh, can write to us and uh, we can uh, organize those photo uh, uh, class uh, school cases to them. Uh, and there's a disclaimer that uh, that's available only in Europe uh, right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should also mention that we are... Um recommending a number of other educational solutions because we are not covering the whole spectrum and they, in a sense we are uh, yeah we just want vr to be more uh, to gain more ground in general and become more popular uh, so there will be an article very soon published on our blog about the most recommended vr applications and we always really keep an eye on the whole ecosystem and 
you know, try to map the best products out there. And there's a lot of good stuff already. So, yes, it's definitely a team effort out there. So, yeah, well done, gentlemen. Your your Futu Class Hub has several articles, and you've already alluded to some of these that you say are outlining best practices for running VR. So I'd hate for you to share all your hard-earned secrets, but could you give me like one idea for a best practice for things to consider if I'm an educator just getting started before and then maybe one during when the kid's inside VR and then after they're done the VR experience, maybe just one little nugget of information for the audience? Um. Yeah, I mean, there is like a whole list of things and the whole flow that we have mapped. So I'm just trying to think of what is like the most exciting or, or sharing worthy. Uh, I mean, I'll just start from the very basic that if if like the devices, basically, they tend to kind of uh, run out of battery if you leave them asleep. Uh, so don't do that because it's really hard to run a lesson when your batteries uh, are dead. Uh, hygiene, of course, is important when you want to have everything ready and uh, thought about when you when you lay out your, your play space or learning space, if you will. And uh, yeah, I, like my favorite is our troubleshooting guide, which is basically a lesson of, uh, not a lesson, but a page uh, full of about 15 issues and uh, why it's caused and what it, how you can fix it. And that is kind of the go-to for teachers while they're giving the class. Um, it's not what's really your, one thing, it's 15 things, but... What's your suggested headset to student ratio? Because that's one that comes up a lot when I talk to other educators is, you know, of course, many schools are on a fixed budget, but, you know, ultimately, let's say they have a healthy budget, you know, and so they've got 20 kids, you know, one-to-one isn't reasonable, but what sort of have you found in your experience as a, a reasonable headset to student ratio i usually uh one headset for four three to four students works fine uh but uh yeah there has to be a a lesson plan for that scenario as well uh, because otherwise it would just not be that effective and like there's no like specific game plan how to use that photo class VR lesson among uh, and divide the time uh, among those three or four students. But for that, we have developed the uh, group work lesson plans. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, there are different ways uh, how uh, teachers uh, use them. Uh, but it's actually a good point that uh, some of the group work lesson plans uh, bring out uh, the point where Students have to develop their soft skills uh, and uh, have mm, not that uh, uh, good uh, in that subject uh, student in VR and have like stronger ones uh, trying to constructively uh, mm, communicate what to do to the person that's in VR so that they kind of develop their soft skills, but the person who's in VR actually learns chemistry for example almost like a coach yeah uh, but uh, not that professional themselves as well they're also students but three to four uh, is a good ratio uh, three to four students per per headset 
So you guys have come a long way. I'm super impressed. Like I said, it was uh, neat to talk to you over a year ago in episode 28 or 29 and to see where you're at now. Uh, every good business obviously keeps pushing and keeps growing. So what's next for Futu Class? In other words, what are some of your short and long-term goals for 2022? Yeah, we'll develop more content at least uh, four or five new VR lessons uh, for chemistry and physics this year. And in addition to uh, chemistry and physics, uh, we'll also develop some training content for vocational schools. And these will be also, uh, these VR lessons will be also uh, available on Futuka's platform. And uh, as I mentioned, this uh, Futuka school cases is one uh, area uh, we'd like to launch yeah if you're talking like before we talked about what uh what's a good kind of best practice or we think definitely having your stuff organized labeled clearly in the case you know what's charged what's not it's kind of up to the technologist in the school but uh yeah that's a, a big big bunch of uh, best practices kind of revolve around that just wanted to get that in yeah and since we put so much work into the teacher portal we're we're also looking towards onboarding some third-party edu educational VR apps to Futu Class for Schools package and uh, give them the opportunity to reach more schools through us. So if there's anybody listening, uh, uh, then get in touch. Who uh, has like an app that, you know, they would like to get around more basically because we are constantly talking to many, many schools and uh, there's a way to get it to a global audience. Uh, together yeah. and have a well-rounded library that's awesome yeah i think it benefits everybody basically so yeah anything else that has not been said that you feel you want to convey to the audience uh we're, we're attending bet uh, in london uh in march so and we have a booth there uh, so please it's uh, a big trade show in london yeah and uh yeah, so, so contact us for that. And then I'd also, um, uh, referring back to an earlier question, I really think that everyone should at least uh, try VR and its effect on the kind of the rowdy students or the ones that have uh, trouble paying attention or learning is not that exciting. It's, it, it's really amazing what kind of uh, difference you can do with like a well-designed VR app to teaching. So we're also, we'll be showing that at BET as well, together with Pico, I think. But, yeah. Showing a, row a rowdy student in a cage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uncontrollable. And then, uh, yes. Any, anyway, yeah. How, how else besides hopefully going to bet? And it's, I, I might add, it's so great that we're seeing more face-to-face -face conferences again. Um, how else can people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can write us on Facebook uh, or LinkedIn or send an email to info at photoclass.com. Uh, yeah, website, photoglass.com. And then, yeah, basically, I think we're very easy, easily f uh, can be found on social media and we're always happy to respond uh, uh, very quickly because we do, uh, we're big fans of education in VR, both the podcast and uh, uh, the, the whole uh, topic itself. So uh, we'll always get back really quickly and look for ways for how we can support you or help you achieve your goals in, in teaching. Awesome. And I love your approach. Like you said, you're not necessarily just in it, in it to crush others. Your team approach to trying to get more and more 
applications and headsets into kids' brains is uh, admirable, and uh, I applaud you guys as you hopefully pave the way in 2022 to lots of immersive, curious, and interesting learning experiences, which I think kids so needly deserve these days. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And we actually have heard this uh, as feedback also from people who are kind of close to the ground, who are talking a lot to schools, uh, that there is a real hunger for six DOF degrees of freedom uh, kind of educational apps. So we hope to be there at the right place and uh, supply some of that. Not only that, but there's lots of learning science that talks about when we interact with things using our hands and we move around in the context of a well-designed space that it's stickier and we learn it better. So again, kudos to you for using sort of that sort of methodology uh, to get kids to lean in. Yeah, exactly. Well, gentlemen, I wish you all the best and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Greg. Thank you very much. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.